Welcome to Sunday morning at First Presbyterian Church. I'm Pastor Danny Deeth, and in response to the events of the amazing resurrection at Easter, it now becomes our job to discern how we respond to the events of Holy Week and Christ being raised from the dead. We are to discern how we are being led to live, to change our lives, to care for others, to welcome others to Christ's table. This is our call and our challenge. Let's do this together. Come on in. first lesson is from Matthew 25, verses 31 through 40, a familiar story. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his throne in heavenly glory. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you as a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, I tell you the truth, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. This is the word of the Lord. We are continuing in Matthew 25, the same chapter that Richard just read. We are in preceding verses. We are Matthew 25, 1 through 13. This is the parable of the ten bridesmaids. Listen again with fresh ears. Then the kingdom of heaven will be like this, Jesus says to them. Ten bridesmaids took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. When the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them. But the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, all of them became drowsy and slept. But at midnight, there was a shout, Look, here is the bridegroom. Come out to meet him. Then all those bridesmaids got up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise replied, No, there will be not enough for you and for us. You had better go to the dealers and buy some for yourselves. 
And while they went to buy it, the bridegroom came and those who were ready went with him into the wedding banquet and the door was shut. Later, the other bridesmaids came also saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he replied, truly, I tell you, I do not know you. Keep awake, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This chapter in Matthew is among one of the most important. We are in Matthew 25. There are only 28 chapters in Matthew. Jesus has already, in chapter 21, come in on the donkey with what we know as Palm Sunday. This is Holy Week, where Jesus is giving the second sermon on the mount. If you remember the first one early, Matthew 5 through 7, all of the Beatitudes, all of the wonderful sayings that preface Jesus' ministry, this is on a mountain again, the Mount of Olives, but it's just for the disciples. It is a closed crew. And Jesus, again, being in the middle of what we call Holy Week, is close to being betrayed, crucified, and Easter resurrection. He is telling them what is important to his disciples before this chain of events happen in which he will go, come back, and then go, and to empower them to understand. Jesus always referred to as a rabbi, a good teacher, and so a good teacher, Jesus gives four stories here about what the kingdom of heaven looks like and how they should act moving forward. The first one happens right before this passage, and it's about a servant who was in charge of the household. The master goes away and doesn't come back when expected, and so the servant gets lazy and unfaithful, starts treating the other servants in the house with disrespect, abusing that servant's power because the master has not come home. Then it is our passage here, that's the second story, the 10 bridesmaids, I'll get to that. And then right after this is the parable of the talents, which we use so well and often here at Stewardship Time. A master gives three of his servants different amounts of talents or units of money and says, take care of this till I get back. The first one goes and makes more money. The second one makes a little bit of money. And the third one, afraid of the master, buries it and does nothing with it. Master comes home, praises the first two. Because you have used what you have given, more will be given to you. And the last one, was rebuked because he did not use what he was given. And then finally, what Richard read to you at the end of Matthew 25, the passage that talks about when we serve those in need, we are serving Jesus. 
When you serve those, the least of these, you are serving me. The hungry, the thirsty, the stranger, the sick, the naked, the prisoner, all of those things that we seek to do as we've heard some from Sarah this morning, just a drop in the bucket of what we are called to do and what we do on a day-to-day, week-to-week, month-to-month, year-to-year basis as a family, a church family. So when we take these two stories together from the least of these, we hear and Jesus shows us what this should look like. You should go out and seek to love others in my name, Jesus says. And by the way, when you were doing that, you were loving me. So let's now take a look at this passage, which is about the end times, eschatological times, the second coming when we anticipate Jesus to come back. The disciples had asked earlier what the kingdom of heaven will look like, and Jesus directly responds, the kingdom of heaven will look like this, 10 bridesmaids. So there was a wedding. We had a wedding yesterday, left these beautiful flowers. And in that time, so the wedding has already happened in this scenario. It did not happen. This is a teaching tool, a story that Jesus tells. But here the wedding has happened and the groom has gone off to finalize the deal with the father-in-law, the dowry, take care of some business, and then we'll come back and be ushered in by the bridesmaids, the maidens, who will escort him to the ultimate goal, which is the party, the reception, the banquet. So they are ready, all 10 of them. And anybody knows anything about a good wedding in the Middle East? It lasts several days. They've been at it for several days. So they all fall asleep, all 10. They are drowsy and they fall asleep. The difference is before they fell asleep, five of them thought to themselves, well, we've got enough for a little bit. And they were okay with that. The other five said, you know what? We're gonna get some more reserves of oil just in case. And so they did. And this whole passage separates these five from the other five and said five are foolish and five are wise. The groom took longer than expected. Then eventually, at midnight, the shout was given, here he is, he's here, come out to meet him and let's bring him into the party. So all the bridesmaids got up, trimmed their lamps, which means that they freshly cut the wick, that burnt part off to make sure that the oil goes all the way up, get a nice clean burn, can mean adjusting the wick so it's at the right level. And the foolish said, "Uh uh-oh, he took so long, we are out of juice. We have no oil to light the way. Give us some of your oil, the five said to the five. And they said, no, we can't give any to you because then we won't have any and no one will be able to light and walk with the groom to the party. 
So those who had prepared said to those who didn't, you need to go to the marketplace and buy some. At midnight, with no Walmart or Target. Which pretty much makes sure that they will not be present. But they went, they went to buy it. And that's when he came. Those five escorted him later, went into the room with the party, the reception, the banquet, and they closed the door. Finally, the others bringing from wherever they found oil, knocked on the door, sorry, too late, we are done. And then Jesus reminds us, keep awake therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. It is simple to us today. This is the culmination of our month journey in the urgency of hope. We started the first week with the understanding of that title from an Elie Wiesel speech who was a concentration camp survivor in World War II, talking about the condition of the world, all of the horrors that exist in the world globally, nationally, locally, even within our own homes, and says there is an urgency of hope that must be engaged. There is an urgency of hope that we have been tasked with because the world so desperately needs it. And with these two stories, we are showed two different understandings. From the least of these, this is what being wise versus foolish will look like. This is what being prepared and faithful will look like, and it's caring for those who need help in Jesus' name. And make no mistake, at one time or another, we also all fit into that category of needing help from others, as we need to be reminded of God's love, presence, and grace. We cannot take care of others without the oil it takes to light that lamp. That oil comes from each of you, from the gifts that you have been given, that when we pour that oil into one big barrel, our ministry continues to grow and grow brighter. The second story, the 10 bridesmaids, the five who were wise versus the five who were unwise, it wasn't because they knew the groom any better. They were all there to support and help the groom, Jesus. It was because they did not prepare to be faithful, meaning they ran out of resources because they did not take the time to consider what was important to be able to usher the groom, Christ. It's what the kingdom will look like, Jesus says, but it's also what the kingdom looks like now and here. So the message today is a simple question. We can look at our church, we can give in to the cultural diminishing of congregations in the presence of Christ in our community and in the world. 
We can keep our lamp lit until the oil runs out and say, hey, we did our best. Or we can take this time to see how important it is that we continue what we have been given, that we continue to be those in whose hands this ministry today has been empowered and trusted with. Since 1830, they have poured their oil into this congregation so the light of Christ will burn bright. Whether the light will diminish on our watch is up to us and up to us today. We cannot do it one at a time. We cannot do it, just a few of us. In our giving, 55% of our congregation do not give. 55. It's a bit troubling. But what can we do when we do give? Stewardship is discipleship. Stewardship and discipleship are one. They do not exist without the other. We follow Christ because we've been given the gifts to do so. We live this life for what purpose? To love God and to love one another. The purpose that we are here is diminished and we lose that meaning, that value, that purpose when we withhold to ourselves, we bury our talents, and we let our oil run out. We can cause not just our flame to burn, but we can burn brighter and stronger and deeper and reach more darkness to bring the light of Christ. Time, talent, treasure. All gifts that you've been given from God that God asks back. When you make your pledge, it's not to me, it's not to this church. You are making a covenant with God Almighty, your creator, redeemer, and sustainer. And it comes through First Presbyterian Church. This is not the time for us to diminish. It is the time for us to claim the urgency of hope that the world needs. It needs your voice and mine. It needs your brightness and mine. It needs to be reminded of the risen Christ as we have all experienced individually and together. So let this be a new journey today. Let us recommit ourselves to the work and ministry of Jesus Christ, not just to keep the candle lit, but to give the oil through your sharing of resources that will continue to be present for this generation and the next. And let us seize this urgency of hope. This is our call. Let us have the courage to do so. Hallelujah. Amen.